Lovely, lovely, lovely. Thank you, John Morley. As we come to you live this morning again, this Saturday morning, we're out and about actually because later on this morning we're going to be broadcasting from the CBD complex. We're here with uh, all the team for the official opening of the event. George and all his fantastic team in a very, very busy health quarters fitness gym here in Charlestown. So between 10 and 1, we'll concentrate on that. But by heck before it, the boy was across the table. <laughs> Good morning, Jerry. You're ready to do battle again, we're, we're, we'll go. We'll go to the gym outdoors. <laughs> we'll go to an outdoors Because I, I always gym. think there's nowhere better to get your 10,000 steps than in the garden. And if you do a day of gardening, you'll put up at least 10,000, if not 15,000 steps. So it's a great workout getting back out into the garden. And the new, the good news is, Jerry, the weather's picking up from next week. So we're, we have a nice bit of high pressure out on the West Coast. You're going to see it even today. You, yes. you can see it's a lot drier. Yeah. But for tomorrow, but particularly from Tuesday, Wednesday of next week, we're into high pressure, which Powerful. means dry weather, good gardening weather. And as we said last week, that drop of rain, I know we had quite a lot of rain <laughs> and certainly the rivers have Eight come back drops. up again, but that water is going to be there as a reservoir for plants. And as we go into the, the warmer weather n- next week, the plants are really just going to take that up and, and start to thrive yeah. and come into flower and so on. So Lovely, lovely, it, lovely. It was no harm. No was harm, no harm. harm. So, thank so you. lots to do. Ta- lots to do. Now, thank you, Katie, and for the breakfast show this morning. Thanks to the team for the transition. And of course, if you'd like to get a question in for Park, which I hope you will, you can text us on 87 41 and that's with thanks to Irish Med Lawn Gold and Lawn Gold 24, used in conjunction for a moss-free, beautiful lawn this summer. You can also email us on studio at midwestradio.ie and by phone, it's 0818-3055. That's 0818-3055. Just back to the gardening again, you talked about the 10,000 steps yeah. for the physical aspect, but so many people will tell you, from the mental health point oh, of view... Absolutely. And to be working with the soil, they say whatever it is about soil, yeah. that there's something about it that calms people down, it grounds people, it just it just relaxes the mind and it the does. soul as well, well as the physical When you're gardening body. or when I'm gardening, you can't be thinking of anything else. You're, you're, you're not thinking about the business. So you're in the moment. You're in the zone yeah. and you're getting involved in the garden, you're digging the soil, you're working with plants, but even just to walk the garden. I mean, I'd often walk around the garden with a cup of tea in the morning and just you see something new coming into flower, something has changed within a couple of days. You know, it's it's a, it's a great place yeah. to spend time and to be able to sit back and, and enjoy the garden. But when you're physically gardening, yeah, you kind of think of anything else. You're working with the soil, you're planting plants, the sowing of seeds. We talk, we touched on that last week. The temperatures are perfect at the moment and nothing gives you more joy than to sow some seed and within seven or ten days that seed has germinated and whether it's vegetables or herbs or flowering plants, you know, gardening. And gardening never ends, Jerry. Yeah. You know, we're gardening 12 months Seasonal. of the year. Absolutely. Exactly. Every season you're planting a so if you want herbs and vegetables for the autumn, you've got to do something about it now, you know, you, you, because it takes that time. Gardening is all all about that sowing and we, reaping principle. So what, whatever you want to harvest in the autumn, you've got to do something yeah. about it today. So the planting of kale, like we mentioned last week, or cabbage or the winter, um, the winter carrots, uh, all of those plants have to be sown either from plants now or from seed to give you something later on in the season. So gardening is fantastic for the physical body but also for the mental body as well. So here we are now in the first days of July, July 2. What are the things that should be up on the whiteboard or the blackboard for the gardener these days? Well what you you take into consideration is is the weather. So what what has the weather done for us? That moisture has added lots of, of moisture obviously to the soil so plants are going to react to that. So this time of year 
first week in July, particularly with the weather conditions, the feeding of plants. And I mentioned it last week. So if you want to give your plants a little bit of a boost, because many plants are beginning to come into flower now, particularly our summer flowering plants like the hydrangeas, like the red hot pokers, like buddleias, they're just bursting with flower buds. So a handful of fertiliser on the base of them now. The moisture is there. The dew at night time will wash it in and, and that'll give a, a much needed boost because plants are still going to grow from the first week of July till the end of September and many are going to be in flower. So feed them well. Roses that we mentioned, again, feed them once a month and deadhead roses at this time of year. And do keep an eye out for the green fly because with the warm weather coming this to respond to that as well. So I normally feed the roses once a week or once a month, deadhead them once a week and apply the something like Rose Clear or Rose Rescue on them once a month as well, just to keep them free from any bugs or, or diseases. The planting of vegetables, so this is the time of year. Again, pop into your local garden centre, the kale, the cabbage, um, the lettuce varieties, yeah, yeah. all the seeds as well. They're ready for sowing now. The feeding of lawns, and particularly this year, we're seeing moss beginning to come back, even at this time of year. Is that Beca- because of the dampness? Because right? of the cool, yeah, damp ah, yeah. conditions. So it's beginning to appear. My advice is to nip in, in the bud. And this week, I put on the zero again on my own lawn. So if you've got a little bit of zero in the can, in the, in the garage, get it into the knapsack sprayer or watering can and apply it over the lawn because the, lo- the zero will not only kill the moss that's there, it'll actually green up the lawn as well. It gives it a beautiful green colour at this time of year and particularly with the, weather, with the rain that we've had. Within a week, mm-hmm. your lawn will be totally beautiful and green. And it's a good time of year to feed lawns in general, you know, so the feeding of lawns. The other key thing for people that have fr- fruit trees, apples are in full fruit at the moment. The, the, there's lots of little fruitlets forming really well. This is the time of year to thin them out. So we normally get a, a natural thing called June drop. So in a typical apple tree, underneath the apple apple tree at, at this time of year, you see lots of little fruitlets that have dropped from the yes. tree. So nature is already dropping some of the fruitlets, but you also need to thin them out a little bit more. So where you've got clusters of apples on your tree, take out some of the weaker fruits and allow the larger fruits to continue to develop and feed apple trees at this time of year as well. What would you feed them with? Feed them with a high potash feed so something like a rose feed is actually really good. Osmo Pro 6 works really well as well or sulfur of potash on its, in its own right is really good. So generally speaking a rose feed is really good for fruiting plants. Now tell me what's the rule of thumb like for example could you very easily overfeed an apple tree? Absolutely. What's, what's, what's the rule of thumb? And How you, much feed should you give an apple you, tree? You can overf- the apple trees are different shapes, they sizes. Are. And, and the, the the you can overfeed any plant, so it's important to do little and often. Generally, for trees, shrubs, hedging plants, fruit trees, you need a granulated fertilizer. So, generally speaking, liquid feeds will 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 only give them a, a little bit of a lift, a but boost. The, yeah, but there's not enough nutrition right. in liquid feeds. Liquid feeds are generally kept for hanging baskets, window boxes, vegetable areas. You know, this kind of softer and easier plants. But where you've got woody plants like trees, shrubs, um, perennial plants like lupin red hot pokers or fruiting plants then get yourself a granulated feed and generally the rule of thumb is to spread the fertiliser to wherever the branches have spread to so if you've got a mature apple tree that the branches have spread three or four feet out from the main stem that's where the fertiliser needs to go don't be throwing it right in at the centre of the plant and for generally mature plants you're using about a handful a good handful around the base around the circumference of the tree by doing that, you're not going to overfeed and this weather is absolutely perfect for it. It's also perfect, Jerry, for the planting of plants. Now, it's hard to believe this time last year, we were talking about a hose ban. 
And we're talking about reducing watering. Yeah. So this year we've got the complete opposite. And, and <laughs> when you get those sort of really dry conditions, we stop planting and plants actually stop growing. But this year, because of the moisture level, it's superb planting weather. So if you need to plant some plants into the garden, you want to plant a new hedge or you want to put in some trees or some new roses or some bedding plants or whatever, then the soil conditions are perfect for planting. And particularly if you give it a couple of days, by Wednesday, certainly soil will have dried out a little bit. There'll still be plenty of moisture there. So it's really superb weather for the planting of plants. And it's a great time to visit your local garden centre because the trees are in full leaf. The roses are in full flower. I was actually in the garden centre this morning oh, and I brought stop. you a rose. Oh my God. And you want to smell this one? I didn't think you cared, Paul. <laughs> this oh. is one of the David Austin You know, roses. The two things hit me straight away before one. I even smell this. Number one, the colour, that lovely peachy colour. Yeah. But the intensity, the number of leaves that are on. Uh, the number of petals, oh, yeah. Petals it's a really peach. big double. So these are one of the David that Austin roses. Like a combination of rose and peach. Isn't it a beautiful What's scent? What's it called? It, it's a, it's a, a David Austin variety oh. and it's one called Graham Thomas. And it's a beautiful peach-coloured rose, easy to grow. But my advice really, if you're thinking of putting roses in the garden, this is the time to visit your local garden centre because they're in flower and you can literally smell the rose. Yes. <laughs> so rather than buying a rose in winter time and you're relying on the, the picture card, this is the time to visit your local garden centre, pick out a rose that you particularly like. So there's lots of really good varieties like Trumpeter, uh, Europeana, which is a lovely red variety, Arthur Bell, superb time to plant, but also to pick roses. Is it not the case that there would be gardeners out there who would specifically work with roses alone? Oh yeah. They love them so much. People, people would rose gardens, just rose shiny. gardens. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. they just absolutely, and when you think about it, roses start to flower at the end of May right. and they flower up until Christmas. So you've got about seven months there. Of you've you've got at least six months, if not seven months, of colour. So I've often gone to Christmas Mass in Westport and, and the roses are still flowering well, in the church. Well, there is such a Christmas roses. There, there? there is. That's a different plant. Oh, okay. So traditional roses, again, the planting... If you feed them, if you deadhead them, and if you give them the rose treatment, you'll often get them flowering into mid-December. The Heliborus is the Christmas rose, which flowers any time from October right through until April. So the Heliborus, they're beautiful. Now, they're not related to roses. Okay. It's a totally different plant, but we call them the winter rose because they're flowering through that winter period and they come in a whole range of colours as well. So the planting of plants, it's a great time to do that. Do you know what that would here. remind you? You know what you'd say when you walk, see hedgerows and you see that old-fashioned old pinkish rose? Yes, yeah. As Ab tough as the days of the week. Yeah. It keeps coming up every year, but so full of, of foliage, petals, petals like of that. Petals, yeah. And the, the trick to, to, to good roses is regular deadheading and regular feeding. Deadheading means as the flower begins to fade, you simply take off the old flower, but about six inches of the, se the stem as well. And in effect, you're semi-pruning the plant. And plants respond to pruning by kicking into new growth because we've stopped them from yeah. seeding, we've stopped them from flowering so the plant kicks into new growth and hence you get new flowers. Can you be trigger happy when it comes to pruning though? Can you over prune <laughs> very easily? Is there a thin line? Do <laughs> huh? you get some people with the secateurs like oh, they're gone men? And they're rootless. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, in terms of deadheading all we're doing is about once a week walk your garden. So we mentioned the lupins last week for example. You know, generally flowers go over within about seven days so once a week walk your garden. Anything that's just beginning to fade or begin to go over deadhead taking six inches of the stem um, you know so that's, that's the it's a kind of I suppose a semi-form of pruning general pruning like I said to you last week it depends on when the plant flowers so plants that are going to flower for the summer we do no pruning at them at the, on them at the moment so in my garden for example the hypericum are coming into flower the buddleias are beginning to bloom the hydrangeas so I 
don't touch them I just let leave them, them alone let them flower deadhead a couple of old flowers when they start to fade feed them but apart from that there's nothing to be done with them so you wouldn't be doing a huge amount of uh, regular pruning as such at this time of year it's really just maintaining mm. plants and keeping them deadhead beautiful now, look. the other plant I brought you in and you oh, I was you knew the name I of this did. plant I did coleus yeah and I'll tell you why God rest my mother she, one of the first plants because she loved plants and flowers and all that kind of thing and she was never without a coleus yeah never she loved them yeah. and such an easy plant to grow a jerry but yet such a beautiful plant I mean it holds its colour 12 months of the year as you know it actually produces a blue flower as well I yes. don't know if you've ever seen it in flower but no, it produces this navy blue flower oh. which is very attractive but the plant is worth growing simply for its foliage colour and coleus grow out of doors during the summer yes. so you can place them outside you can plant them in beds and borders and pots and containers this particular variety has beautiful whiny leaves yes. with a yellow banding right around kind of a lime yellow yeah. banding right around the edges yeah. it's about a foot in diameter about 18 inches in height and by the end of the summer that plant will be about two feet um, take it in then in September inside and keep it inside for the winter period. So it, it needs to be protected from frost, a bit like geraniums, but it holds that beautiful foliage colour 12 months of the year. And it's a real old plant, you As know, I've for years and yeah. years. Key tip with them, if you are growing coleus, they need re- reasonably good light to maintain the colour. Um, so keep them on a windowsill, a porch, a conservatory, or keep them out of doors for the summer. And then pinch out the centre points. So you can see on this plant, I'm taking out right at the very top, I'm just removing the centre of the plant See that? How yeah. I removed that. And what that's going to encourage the plant is to stay short, bushy, and it's going to produce lots of... See these little shoots coming I here? Do. They're going to st- kick into growth yeah. and you're going to end up with a fatter, fuller plant. And you see, when I saw you doing that now, I said, ah, what are you doing? No, yeah. yeah see, it's, it looks cruel to it do does, it. yeah. Would you have to be cruel to be kind? Well, with, with coleus you do. So what I'm doing, we're, we're calling it pinching out and it's yeah. literally the finger and the thumb and you remove the growing point because plants are triggered to grow vertical. Right. They're growing up to the light. The light, to yeah. the light yes. So when we take out that end shoot, we call it the terminal bud, that encourages it to rebranch and produce lots of beautiful foliage colour and um, it will come into flower later on the summer. The other thing with coleus, it's a very simple plant to propagate from cuttings. So if you want to give one to a family member or friend, and that's why they were so popular, because people used to give them... Because people come visit and say, oh, that's lovely. And they'd give them a little piece. So all you do is you take... I've taken off a a piece. It's no more longer than about four inches in, in length. You simply strip off the lower leaves see how I've done that. Coleus also have a square stem. See how the stem is square? Right? And again, with the cutting, you simply take out the terminal bud and you leave, generally one leaf is is sufficient. And you can sit that in a glass of water and it will root. You're joking. Or you can put three or four of them into a a little thing of compost and um, they'll root within about four to six weeks and you can give them to family and friends. So look for that in your local garden centre. It's a plant called coleus. It's a really, really easy plant to grow. Our older listeners will know it. Immediately. Absolutely. They'll know it as soon as they see the plant. But it's a terrific plant if you want. An easy plant for indoor uh, but a plant that you can put out in the summer if you wish, a plant that's easy to propagate and it's it's a lovely little thing. It's such an easy, easy plant And for lots grow. of people, it's a plant full of memory. Full of memory and it's a plant that you'll have for many, many years and yeah. it's a plant that you can propagate and give to others as well and share it so around. Simply. So such a, such a simple yeah. plant. So they're the sort of things, lovely. Jerry, I would be doing in the garden over the over this week in particular because the weather is going to be absolutely perfect. Are you ready for Keshtana? Go on. All right, well, well, I'm going to take a quick break. Before yep. I shoot with the Keshtana, 
What's in the packets? Will we talk about them or do you want well, to leave I that brought, for a while? I brought you in. I was talking to you last week you about, about anthranium, so I, or, or uh, wallflowers, yes. I should say, and, and seeds to sow at this time of year. So this is a, the wallflower seed called Persian carpet. Okay. You sow it at seed at this time of year. You can actually sow it directly out of doors if you wish. I generally sow it in little trays or containers on the windowsill. They germinate within seven or eight days. I plant them out into the garden then in August, early September, and they come into flower from February right through until this time of year. So they're wallflowers. I just brought you in that particular. You can see in the pack there's 400 yeah, seed. 400 seed. I see that. <laughs> and like, that even for week. someone like me, like they make it so easy. The so easy to sell, yeah. Jerry. Really, really simple plant. Again, that's a real old cottage garden plant, the wallflowers. But there are so many like Sweet Williams, Forget-Me-Nots, Double Daisies, all the winter, spring flowering plants. Lupins, for example, they should be sown from seed this time of year. So again, they're the type of jobs to be doing. And also all the veg because the temperatures are perfect. You can even feel today how again, warm it again, is. Yep. So seeds will germinate very, very quickly whether it's inside or out of doors. So if you're in your local garden centre pick up a couple of packets of veg, herb and flower seed. They're so easy to grow. You'll think I'm obsessed with blight. Go on. But I'll mention it. Where are we with blight? With the well, there, I checked this morning there's no blight warning at the moment. Um, in, for the west of Ireland, right. but having said that, it's very blighty. But the weather, weather is blighty. It's very isn't it? humid. Yeah. yeah, and when we now we are coming into a drier period, which is good. So for people that haven't sprayed their potatoes, I would use the dry weather over the next couple of days to actually get on the treatment, put on the bare treatment. Those that took our advice last week and treated their potatoes, there's no need to spray no them panic. again for at least another week or ten days. But Met Air and keep uh, you know you can pop onto the Met Air and website. They give the warning and they'll generally name the counties. So yes. during the week, for example, along the east coast, or sorry, yeah, the east coast of Ireland and the central part, Westmead, for example, Meath, there was a blight warning for those, but not for the west of Ireland. So just keep an eye out for it. Lovely hurling. All right, we'll take a break now, Porrick. With questions, please, 0818-3055, or you can text or WhatsApp us on 087-941-41. I see Teresa's questions in already, so we'll go to those after these. Midwest Radio, Dr. Horkin is in the clinic. The clinic is open, Dr. Horkin. Are you ready for action? The clinic is open. Are you ready for action? <laughs> this week. All right. <laughs> Concentrate on your job. Horik, I put slug tox on my flower beds, baskets and window boxes, but in a short time, the crows swooped in, took all the pellets, and in the process, they damaged a lot of my plants. This is the first year such a thing has happened. What's the reason for this? And what can I use instead, instead of slug tox for oh, my flowers? Okay. <laughs> well, so first of all, generally pellets pellets are, are coloured blue because right. they tell us that birds can't see the colour of blue. So we're very smart growers. Very smart growers. Well, crows are hugely intelligent. Bird, Absolutely. You know? Oh, yes. yes. So wh when you buy a slug pellet, first of all, make sure you buy the organic ones because they're safe for pets and for, for birds and for wildlife in general. So if, even if they do eat them, it's not going to affect them. Um, secondly, you can get, rather than using the pellets, you can get a liquid called grazers. So grazers is a simple liquid. You apply it to the foliage of your bedding plants and that will keep the slugs off. Done and dusted. Done and dusted. Now, if you have if you have bedding plants, say, in pots and containers, you can use the copper tape, which works absolutely... What's copper tape? Co so copper tape is literally, it's like a roll of sellotape. Right. But it's copper. Oh, okay. So it's about two inches wide. Um, it comes in a roll it sticks to the pot 
So you simply put it around the edge of the pot, or just under the lip, and as soon as the slug touches it, they get an electric shock. A little bit like you get the shock from a car, you know the static yes, you get and you yes. jump back? Yeah. The slug gets exactly the same <laughs> effect. And, and so once you apply, once you put it onto the container, that'll stop the slugs. They won't physically cross the copper tape, so it keeps them away from your plants. Wouldn't you wonder who thought of that? There you go, it's brilliant. Brown and black spots on the apple trees and the roses, what should I treat them so with? So that's a little bit of apple scab and roses are, are you know, and again, it's down, just down to the weather conditions. If you're not treating them with something like Rose Rescue or Rose Clear, that's what you need to do. So once a month on your apple trees, put on the Rose Clear and once a month on your roses, keep the treatment on them as well. Now look at, and lo- a small bit of black spot, a small bit of green fly is never, don't panic. Not and don't, not, not at all. I mean, you know, there, there are lots of, of, of insects in the garden that do minimal damage. You know, I'm not one for, for spraying the garden. Right. I do okay. as little as, as possible, unless there's an infestation, really. So an odd bit, don't worry about. An odd little bit of brown leaf, it's no harm whatsoever. Um, but, you know, so don't panic over yeah. it unless it's extremely bad. But, but you know, apple scab can be problematic, particularly with the wet weather we've had. So the wetter the conditions, the more f- fungal and bacterial diseases you tend to get in gardens. And and you can use the, any of the, the rose treatments for it. Lovely. Porrick, can I cut my lilac tree back or is it too late for blossoms for next year? So Asks it's, Helen in County Louth. So Helen, so lilacs flower in April, early May and the time to prune them is immediately the flowers start to fade. So the first week of July they've kicked into growth and if you cut them now you're going to to destroy the flowers for next year. So spring flowering plants, those that flower any time from February right through to June, we prune them immediately, they flower. You don't wait two weeks or three weeks or a month later. You prune them as the flowers are fading. That's the time to cut them back because the plant kicks into growth and on that growth it produces its flower buds for next year. So my advice really for Helen is to leave the lilac alone, feed it certainly with a high potassium feed and then next spring, Wait for the flower, wait for it to flower, and as soon as the flowers fade, cut, feel free to cut your lilac back. Hasn't lilac a lovely scent? Beautiful yeah. scent, easy to grow. It's a lovely cottage garden plant. It comes in a whole range of colours, white. That's what I thought, you know. Yeah. Does it come like in a ready pinky shape? Ready pink, yeah. kind of purple, purple colour, lilac yeah. colour, and it comes in pure white as well. So it's a beautiful plant, easy to grow, that gives that lovely cottage garden yeah. bring. But the time to prune it is immediately after fa- flowering. And that applies to all spring plants like camellias, rhododendrons, azaleas, anything f- that flowers in the springtime we prune as soon as the flowers start to go uh, you prune them back and you feed them at this time of year because you're building them up for next year lovely now my porrick my summer bedding flowers are not doing well at all i had two beautiful pots with baby pansies and they look most dead i'm thinking it's all the rain and do you need to deadhead yes pansies? you do the pans- so what what deadheading effectively what the what the plant is trying to do whether it's a pansy or a viol or a marigold or whatever, what the plant is trying to do is, is to reproduce itself by producing seed. That's the function of any plant. Yeah. They're not there to give us any joy. The fu- plant, so plants are triggered to come into flower and produce seed. The deadheading stops that process. So the plant has thinks again, I need to produce new flowers <laughs> to produce new seed and so on. And that's why we do deadheading. We're physically stopping the plant from producing seed. And the same applies to pansies. Once the flowers fade, you need to trim them back. Now, my advice here would be actually to trim those pansies back, liquid feed them, and they'll often kick back into growth again and reflower later on, possibly in September, October sort of period. Or indeed, it's still not too late. Pop into your local garden centre. There's still plenty of bedding plants available. And bedding plants will flower again up to November. 
We're only in the first week of July. Yeah, it's like so the season has only begun, really, in many ways. It's all to play for. Yeah. Don't feel that yeah. the season is gone. There's at least four months of colour yet, so it's popping, get maybe a few busy lizzies or begonias or something like that that will do really well, irrespective of the weather. I have two lavender plants for two years. Very healthy up to a few weeks ago. They're now gone yellow and they're dying. Okay. What's wrong? Right. Well, lavender is a med- Mediterranean plant, right? And the conditions you get in Mediterranean areas is beautiful sunshine and free draining soil. And the problem we have in the west of Ireland in particular is that we don't get the sunshine too much and our soils are very heavy. Mm. So lavender, it struggles. So unless you've got a really dry, uh, gritty soil or you grow them in a pot or container, uh, they can struggle and it's actually the wetness cherry rather than the cold or or, uh, freezing temperatures that kills lavender in Ireland so most lavender dies in Ireland particularly in the west of Ireland due to our wet soil conditions that's the biggest killer of them and yellowing of the foliage and then beginning to look sickly is a sure indication of that now here's a better plant to grow a plant called Nepeta so it's in the cat mint family right Nepeta it's easy to grow it has the beautiful blue flowers uh, that lavender have it's yeah. got the silver foliage that lavender has but it loves our soil conditions but here's in the, the west thing of Ireland. Go on. are people growing lavender because you know what we're told about lavender that when you take it and it, it, it calms you down you see yeah. and that you can put some in a little sack you take off the flower and you let it dry out and you put it into a little sack and you put it in your pillow yeah. and it helps you to sleep it through. does so um, does your other plant do that well the, uh, the Nepeta has a scent it has, it's in the mint family so it's got kind of the, the, the scent of mint Cats actually love it. I bet they do. Uh, they do. But, I mean, if you're growing lavender, grow them in pots or containers or grow them in soil that's very free-draining. So right. get yourself a, a bag of gravel and literally dig it into the soil. You need that gritty mixture for lavender. Or grow them in raised beds where the soil can drain. But if lavender has its feet, if it's in wet, heavy soil, like we're having this yeah. year, they just, you won't grow them. See, they, that's your top tip because I've seen in so many cases, and people buy a lot of lavender. They do. They love it. And you see it running down by by edges yeah. of, of, of beds. Yeah, yeah. And like this person, a couple of weeks later, it's dead as a daughter. It can do. It depends on your soil. Yeah. Or you'll often, you'll often see it growing in gardens where it, the soil is really impoverished and it's hungry yeah. and it's thriving. <laughs> yeah. Because you've, you've actually mimicked those Mediterranean conditions yeah. for it. So if, if you're struggling to grow lavender, grow a plant called Nepeta and it comes in different varieties. I have about... 40 of them in my garden and they're absolutely beautiful they're flowering since the beginning of May they're still in full flower and they'll stay in flower till well into September and they come in dwarf varieties there's one called Parisian Blue which is a little dwarf one or there's another one called Cat's Pajamas of all things that's a dwarf variety of Nepeta and then you can get slightly taller varieties like Walker's Low or Six Hills Giants so there are different varieties of them but it's such all I do at the end of the summer around October is cut them back to soil level and they just re-emerge every well, spring again. can I again. ask you this? Go on. Are you sowing a few old lavender though for old time's sake? If I no, went to your garden I, would I see a lavender? I have, come on. I, I have maybe I have two or three lavender plants. For old time's but sake. But they're not actually even flowering yet. Oh. So it's not a plant I would plant in my own garden. And yeah, it's I can not a, tell you're not. Just and it's not a plant I particularly yeah. recommend to people no, simply like because it, yeah, because, it's, by you. because it won't grow it for know, us Jerry yeah. or it's it, difficult to grow. It's difficult to grow. out now. I like <laughs> now, can you ask Porrick for me? I planted this one. Is a peony? Or pe- P- yeah, peony rose. Peony rose last yeah. year, and it produced just one huge rose this okay. year. How can I get more blooms from that? So, first of all, the listener was very lucky to get one flower from their peony rose. <laughs> wow. So, peony roses, a bit like sometimes it can happen to plants like wisteria, hydrangeas. They they need a couple of years to settle down to flowering. 
right? So again, think of it, you know, it makes logical sense when yeah. you think about it. The, the, the reason the plant is flowering, it's trying to reproduce. <laughs> when you're planting a young plant, particularly a peony rose, it wants to in its formative years put on lots of new growth and build up its, its strength. It's in those teenage years as it, as it were. So it's not even thinking about flowering the plant itself. So it tends to take several years for peony roses to build up enough bulk and size to start to produce flowers. So you've got to be patient with them. So it's an investment, really? It's an investment. So peony roses can take up to five or six years to flower. As long as they're growing healthy and you're feeding them and looking after them, that's what you want because a peony rose will last for 50 or 60 years. I was going to say, why would you bother if it takes five years? But then if you get 45 years... Absolutely. And Deirdre and I had a a listener two years ago who rang in who had 50 blooms on their peony rose. So peony rose, once they settle down, they're very reliable. They tend to flower every year. They come back. They're a no-nonsense plant. So my advice really is to look after the plant, liquid feed it, give it some fertiliser. Don't worry about the flowering. It will settle down to flowering but it's going to take a bit of time and you're just going to need a bit of patience for those two or three years. Porrick, what really works to keep slugs away without killing them? This is my second time to plant kale and gone. I've tried sand and gravel and also green netting around the base of each plant. Does the copper tape work in this instance? (laughs) Well, well, copper copper tape tape? is is used where 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 they're in containers. Now, I I said to you last week, I'm growing some kale in window boxes this year and it's growing really well. And I'm growing some of my veggie pod as well. And the trick with kale is don't, don't, wait for it to get too tall, get too mature. Start cropping it as soon as it's it's cuttable, as it were. So if you plant kale today from plants, they'll be ready to cut in two to three weeks. And the younger you put, you cut kale, the sweeter the flavour of it. And it just keeps growing again. So I go out and I cut back the kale and within two weeks it's it's ready for cutting again. So cut it on a regular basis is my key tip. Um, in terms of the, the product I would use for the slugs is the grazers, the liquid treatment. Apply that to the foliage of kale. It's 100% organic and very effective at controlling snails because the snails do love the kale let's, and the cabbage. Let's <laughs> do one more before the break. My apple tree that has all the branches on one side can I do anything about that? Yeah, and look, we're at actually a time of year when you can do a bit of pruning on apple trees. I should have mentioned that. We're thinning the fruit, but also we're doing what we call a little bit of summer pruning on apple trees. So if you've got lots of whippy growth on your apple trees, shorten that back by two thirds. So if the whippy growth is three feet long, shorten it by two feet and only leave a foot of. And that does two things. It reduces the vigour in the apple trees, keeps them more compact. And secondly, it induces the trees to produce flower buds. And for this customer or this listener, they, it'll also encourage the plant to, to fill out and become yes. bushy. So anything that's brown or dead, any dead branches on this apple tree, remove those completely yeah. and then shorten back any whippy growth, any growth that's, that has gone kind of shooting up into the air, shorten yeah. that by two thirds of its length and thin out any fruit that are there and give it a feed. I've heard of people actually with apple trees this year, Porrick, who have them, and this time last year they were laden down with yeah. fruit. This year there's hardly anything there. Yeah. What's wrong? With the, is that there's climate? nothing wrong? Nothing wrong. <laughs> it's nature, Jerry. Yeah, thinking. Yeah. So again, I, I, flat, I often think the plants, you know, nearly think for themselves. So think about it. It makes logical sense. So yes. where a tree bears really, really heavy fruit in one year. It, the tree exhausts itself in producing, try to reproduce. This makes the, sense. The function of, of creating apples, the plant is producing the seed within the apple right, to yeah. reproduce itself. Yeah, That's yeah, the function yeah, of the yeah, apple tree, yeah, yeah. right? In a year that it creates huge amount of fruit, the tree itself triggers itself back into vegetative growth the following year. 
So because it has exhausted itself in year one, the second year, the tree actually starts to produce what we call vegetative growth or leaves and stems because it needs to get bigger to produce flowers the following kind year again. It needs to breathe, really, and it relax. Does. It, it does. It feet it, up Exactly. Breathe. That's exactly what the tree is doing. Now, you can help it by thinning the fruit, by stopping that heavy production of fruit. And that's why we thin fruit this time of year, taking out those. So when you get a, you have a, on an apple tree, you might have a cluster of five or seven fruitlets all together. You'll notice that two or three of them are strong yeah. and the rest of them are quite small. They're never going to produce anything. So take them off and you'll help the tree just to produce those two large fruitlets and you'll also stop it from uh, not bearing fruit the following year. So it'll actually bear fruit the second year and third year as long as you thin the fruit. Do you like apples? I I love apples. I do too, yeah. And I have a a load of them in the garden and nothing, there's nothing nicer than in August and September and October picking the apple from the tree. and, And like, there's enough on any apple tree to share with the, but let the birds have a few, let the wasps have a few, have a few yourself. But absolutely. <laughs> but can I say this? You know, then when it comes to the time of year when you have to take yes, away the. Yeah. What's the best way to store that apple? Right. Apples? So some apples won't store. So okay. there, there are varieties, particularly the red apples like Katie, Beauty of Bath, the softer apples, they need to be et from the tree. So yes. you pick them and you eat them within a week. Get on with right? it. Get on with them and use them or make cider from them or give them away to family and friends. Certain varieties then are stored really well. So varieties um, like James Grieve, they're a, it's a more nutty, stronger apple. Egmont Russet, the Bramley seedling that people will know for cooking, yes. they store particularly well and they tend to produce their apples late in the season. So they tend to be October, November. First of all, with apples, if you're storing apples, go through them anything that's bruised or damaged or there's a nick on it out eat it use it Mm -hmm. use it up anything that's perfectly formed store it and generally what I would do is wrap them in newspaper and put them into crates or boxes and store them in a cool dark place for the winter cellar an old garage somewhere dark and cool and check them on a regular basis during the How long would you get out of them then if you put them in optimum conditions like that well, would gen- you get a full season of apples uh, there perfectly you'd, you'd be using them right through the winter right into spring of next year you know right. generally by yeah. April they've gone over by March April they've gone over uh, at that stage So, but you can use them all winter long Perfect. you now, can also freeze them and fruit, lots of fruit actually freezes brilliantly. So you could. I knew the berries would freeze. Oh yeah, the apples would freeze as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have to do anything special? Well, you can either um, take them and cut them up and put them into pieces into freezer bags, or you can freeze them whole as well. Freeze them whole. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh. All right, 0818-3055. You can text or WhatsApp on 087-900-4141 with thanks to Grow With Goulding, premium plant feed, seeds and more tailor-made for the Irish gardens. That's how you can make contact with us and we will take a short break and deal with some more questions after <laughs> these. Porik Horkin with me in studio this morning and we're coming to the final section of the programme. Hard to believe that time has gone by. <laughs> it flies, huh? doesn't it? flies by. <laughs> All right then. How to deadhead roses. Do I use a secateurs to cut off the old buds? Yeah, that's the best way to do it. Use the secateurs and remember to take at least six inches of the stem with you. Porik, I applied ferrogranule 20 to my lawn about three weeks ago, but it's still black. Will it come okay or should I put something else on it? Thank you well, very much. Well, feed it, yeah. So, the, so the, the listeners used the iron granules and naturally enough, it has blackened the moss. Sometimes it blackens the grass as well if you put it on too heavy. Um, having said that, if you give the lawn a good feed, so use something like the Zero Lawn Feed now, that'll help to green up the grass. And if there are any bare patches, it's excellent weather for reseeding. So get yourself a, a packet of uh, green velvet. Yeah. Yes. Lawn seed, mix it with some compost, and literally just 
brush it into the damaged areas and that will germinate and knit in as well. Here's a very general question. Just ask Park about gladioli. <laughs> well, so gladioli are in flower at the moment. It's a really tall... Do you yeah, know the gladioli? I know, I do. With la- I do yeah. Lovely colours. Really old cottage but garden. A blessed wind and it's gone. Exactly. So yeah. it needs to be staked. That's very important. So you need to stake them. Um, cut them on a regular basis and don't wait for the flowers to open fully. You know, once they start to open at the base, you can cut gladioli flowers and bring them in and put them into a vase inside in the house and use them as a cut flower because they're beautiful. And the time to plant the bulbs is in January and February. So the bulbs become available at that time of year. They're, they obviously start to grow then in March and they're ready for cutting. Ideally, if you had it, should you grow them up against a wall? Yeah, a, a wall, walled area would be ideal or somewhere sheltered in the garden. Now, you can get supports for them. You can get, I think we had a question last we week. We had, you're right. Somebody yeah. was looking for um, supports for herbaceous plants. Yes. So you can get them in your local garden centre. And again, you can plant the bulbs, put them in and that gives them the support. They just need that little bit of support, as you say, in wet, windy weather. The flowers are so heavy at the top yeah. but they just fall they're like over. big bulbs oh yeah they're beautiful, beautiful so Pam from Caracastle now when can I repot roses they're in full bloom at the moment but I think pots are getting too small well Pam I would leave them let them let, leave them for this year uh, in the container let them flower keep liquid feeding them um, keep dead hedging them they'll be perfectly fine and then replant them in the autumn wait for the leaves to go off them prune them back hard and put them out into the garden somewhere put down some organic matter some farmer manure works really well with roses when you're transplanting them Let's try and do a two-for-one deal here now because it's about uh, potatoes. Hi, Porig. What is the maximum amount of times to spray potatoes with bear in the growing season? That's the first part of it. And then I have another question here about similar as well. Let me get this one here. And can you ask, Porig, what's the name of the spray for potatoes? Okay, well, the, the, the first question... So it's, yeah, it's bear potato uh, spray. I mentioned last week it's very effective because it works from within the plant. And generally speaking, you get at least two to three weeks of protection once you use the, the bear blight tree. Now, ideally, you don't want to be using more than about twice, generally twice in the season. So if you apply it now, leave them alone for three to four weeks and then reapply again, say, at the beginning of August, and that should be perfectly fine. Porrick and Jerry, when can I move a lily? Well, well, it depends what lily it is. Kieran was showing yeah. us the beautiful arum lily that he has in his garden at the moment. They're in flower at the moment, so leave them alone. You don't transplant plants. You don't move them if they're in the garden soil don't move them until November wait for the plants to go dormant wait for them to go asleep and that's the time you can safely dig them up split them into two or three pieces and transplant them elsewhere if they're in a pot or container then you can do that now so if they're actually growing in a big pot, you can take it out of the pot and transplant it into the garden soil. So it depends where the listener actually has the lily growing. But if it's in the garden soil, leave it alone, enjoy it and transplant it in November. Porik, what is the best type of soil uh, to sow strawberries in, asks Anne. Well, uh, strawberries will grow in ordinary garden soil, but the best way to grow them, the best way I've seen them grow in is actually in the Phoenix Park in the, the old Victorian garden. Oh, yeah. if, you're, if you're up at Bloom or you're any time in Dublin, go into the OPW garden. It's in the Phoenix Park. It's easy to find. It's quite close to the zoo. They've got a beautiful cafe there. Absolutely gorgeous cafe. Beautiful coffee and food. And what so would you recommend? You can make it, well, you can make a day out of it. I can mm. tell you that much. Yeah, you hungry, but yeah. they've got a beautiful strawberry bed and what they've done is effectively created ridges like we do it with potatoes. Oh, potatoes. They've lined it with uh, the mypex material, the black material, and they've planted the strawberries along the top of the mypex. So the, the black material stops the weeds from growing. It attracts the sunlight to the strawberry plants because it's attracting the heat. And more importantly, when the strawberries come into fruit, they're not sitting on wet soil. 
Right. So they're clean and easy to harvest and easy to think. That's the best. But ordinary garden soil, create that mound, like a mound, like a ridge, yeah. uh, small mounds, and plant your strawberries about a foot apart, right along the, the length of the ridge. Is it possible it. to do it, though? You really do need that plastic that you mentioned there, don't well, you? Well, you well, don't. Can, can you grow strawberries naturally in Ireland? Of course you can. Well, well, I thought it'd be too cold for them. No, 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 no. no, no. Strawberries do exceptionally well do in they? Ireland. Like, they die back in the winter, but they re-emerge in the spring again. Okay. You can grow them in pots with window boxes, hanging baskets, containers. I mean, they're, they're such an easy plant and it's a plant I always recommend to get kids to plant because, you know, the, the kid that uh, plants a strawberry eats a strawberry that's my motto so if we can get the children planting them within you know if you plant a strawberry in March and April it's fruiting at this time of year so the, the child is not waiting too long for the fruit to appear but they're so easy to grow now planting them into soil on its own they tend to the form runners Right. And the runners root, yeah. and you can end up with this kind of mess of oh, yeah. strawberry plants just spreading all over the you know an area. Mm. So it's a good idea to keep them. The ridge idea, I think, works really well, particularly with the mycpex bacterial. And generally, a strawberry plant lasts for about five years. After that, it gets a bit spent, and you need to replace it with a younger plant. And they're easy to propagate. You can simply take the young runners, pot them up, and start off a new generation of strawberries. What about raspberries? Raspberries, simple to grow. Jerry, we have the best climate for growing fruit. Oh, if you ever, I've, I've been to Keeling's Fruit Farm in North County Dublin and you know, they've got acres of fruit yeah. all grown, lots of it outside some of it in, in tunnels, but we've got a brilliant climate in Ireland for growing fruit yet we import so much of our fruit from abroad. Why do we do that then I wonder? Because it's cheap know, and price and yeah. all that sort of thing, you know, so. Anyway, alright, we'll press on. A white lilac about six years old never flowers. Why is this? Well, lilac is a plant again, a, a little a bit like our peony rose and, and uh, that, that can, particularly on rich soil, take a number of years to get it to flower. So here's what to do. Don't do any pruning with it, as, as I mentioned, but get yourself a box of, of sulphate of potash. And potash is the element. Nitrogen encourages growth. So we put nitrogen on grass to get it to grow yes, and green up. Yep. We put potassium on plants to slow them down. And to potassium has that um, by, by its nature, it slows down the growth of plants and it helps plants to produce flower buds. It induces them into flower. That's why tomato feeds and rose feeds are high in potassium because that's what you want is the yes. bloom. They all potassium also helps to build a bit of strength into plants as well. So it makes them more turgid and it stops that kind of excessive growth. So it slows the whole plant down. So a box of sulfur of potash, shake it around the base of the plant, about a handful, repeat in about four weeks' time, and that'll help to bring that lilac into flower. It will come into flower, but just needs that patience. little bit of patience. Bit of and, patience. and funny enough, the richer the soil, so if you've got really rich soil, the plant just keeps growing, keeps putting on new leaves and new stems. And Do you know what? It's not under any stress, so there's no re reason for it I to flower. the plant thinks it's at a health farm, so, God, I can't believe I'm in this Exactly. Soil. I can relax. So the, Exactly. And there's no need to reproduce itself. And you'd often see, you know, an old geranium in a small, tight pot, yeah. and it's flowering its head off because it, it has no nutrition. It's, it thinks it's beginning to die, so the plant is reproducing itself. My God, this is a lesson, <laughs> a lesson learned. Rhubarb has failed totally this year. Not me alone. Small shoots seem to be eaten as they appear. Thank you, says Jim. Well, there can be a number of, of uh, a number of, of pests that attack rhubarb. In particular, you've got obviously slugs and snails are absolutely relish rhubarb, particularly when it's coming beneath the soil, and particularly when it's young, they'll rasp away at the stems, they'll eat right. the foliage as, as well. And um, there are certain beetles that can damage them as well. And rhubarb, as it gets older, unless you're dividing it 
and you know starting it off again it does start to get thin and old and it, it literally outgrows the space that you provided for it so it may need just to be uh, to, to replant in that area again the, the trick with rhubarb is remember you're eating a plant you're eating the stem and the leaves of the plant yeah. and generally people crop it too late they're keep picking it all summer long okay. which weakens the plant it's like taking the leaves continually yeah. taking the leaves of any plant yeah. is going to weaken it so generally you stop the picking of rhubarb by the end of June you feed it during the summer and during the winter you put a good dollop of old compost or rotten manure literally on top of the, the plant but a I foot of it right okay. in it so you feed it really well to, to keep it healthy um, but after certainly 7 to 10 years it needs to be Divide it, split and start it off again, essentially. Good enough for me. Parik, this is Ruth now. Moving house and I want to bring my roses and broom with me. When is the best time to transplant them? Okay, so broom... What's won't broom? Broom. So broom is a plant called Cythesis. It, it's, it's, again, it's a real old cottage garden plant. People know it. Beautiful yellow flowers or red flowers or pink flowers, depending on the variety, in springtime. So it flowers in April, early May. Big ball of colour. It tends to be not a long-lived plant. And broom, it's in the pea family, in our leguminosae family, and it hates to be transplanted. So I wouldn't bother my head. I'd leave that for the for the for the next property owner to enjoy. So don't bother moving the broom plant. The rose can be moved in November, cut it back, dig it up and transplant it. Now here's one back. The question I asked was will the copper tape work to keep the slugs away without killing them? Oh yeah. Uh, I so, have just planted in the ground. Oh well, the, the, the copper tape doesn't kill the slugs. It literally, like you touch in your car during the summer and getting yeah. that electric shock, it just gives them a dart and they, they move away. What I'm picking up from this, though, is that they've already planted the plants in the ground. Well, then don't use the copper, copper tape. tape. No, good, no good. No, no. no. It's yeah. only for pots and containers. Yeah. What I did recommend was to use the grazer's liquid. Try get that. You get in your local garden centre. There's one specifically for slugs and snails and you simply put it onto the kale, onto the foliage of the kale and the slugs won't touch it. Now, uh, just could you repeat, please, Porrick, the slug repellent that you mentioned the name of it so the, so the well I mentioned a couple so the grazers first of all grazers slug and snail treatment it's basically made from um, from garlic and calcium and, and the, the dislike, pure organic yeah pure 100% organic you can get an organic pellet as well which is made from ferrous phosphate which is uh, not harmful to wildlife or, or pets or whatever but very effective on, on slugs and obviously the copper tape can be used as well on pots and containers Kitty wants to know what would be eating our onions that just be a phrase one, but there's something eating your onions. So let's try and sort out kitty onions. Well, again, onions. look, you, you'll have a couple of things. It depends. If the roots are being ashed, there is a, um, a root fly that will eat the, the roots of onions, and, and that's probably what it is. Uh, maybe, uh, well, it, 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 this is our last show. I was going to say if you could send a picture in. Maybe bring one of the onions into the garden centre, and we'll have a closer look at it. But there is an onion uh, maggot that will eat the actual base and stem of the onion and it, it sounds like that. Or bring, bring one or two of them in. Please can you tell me what's the best way to plant leeks? Should you just half fill the hole that you transplant the seedlings into with water or compost? Okay, so a great question and this is a great time to plant leeks and you get leek plants in your local garden centre you can still sow them from seed. You, you sow them from seed and then you transplant them and the best way to transplant them is to get a dibber or a stick, yeah. make a hole in the ground, go down at least pencil depth so go down at least 8 or 9 inches yeah. you literally drop the seedling into the hole and you, you put water in and that's it you don't fill them in you don't firm them in because leeks thicken and start to grow outwards so you don't want them compacted so literally with a dibber just make a hole 
drop the, the seedling in and water it and, away leave, you and go. leave it alone. Away you go. Now, we only have a few minutes left, and this is your last show in the current season. Is yeah, that not so, right, my son? So this is, yeah, this so is where this I, is I take a break. The summation now of all that you've said over the last 12 <laughs> weeks, if you please. But I'll be back in, in September. Don't worry, don't yeah. worry. So look, at I, I suppose really what I'm saying to people is, you know, it's still early in the season. You can still plant lots of plants, particularly summer colour. Don't feel that it's too late. We are coming into the summer season, so the plants are going to be in bloom. If you want your garden really looking well for the, for the summer period, don't forget the hydrangeas. They're absolutely beautiful. All the perennial cottage garden plants, there's such an array of those that will flower right through the summer, like hemerocallus and alstroemerias. Again, pop into your local garden centre. Really good planting weather at the moment, Ger. Having said that, with the with the rain, you could see the flavour questions today. Yes. And lots of slugs and snails yeah. because they love this moist weather. Yeah. They're out night and day munching away. So keep an eye on that. Use some of the organic treatments. Little and often is really my tip. But if, if the slugs aren't doing too much damage, don't get over excited about a small bit of pest or or um, disease damage. It's you know generally speaking, the plants are growing healthy, strongly. So any bit of damage that's caused is generally replaced anyway. So I would only treat where you've got absolute a, a problem mm-hmm. so a small bit of damage never worry little and often is the trick really good weather for the sowing of seed lawn seed in particular if you're thinking of putting in a new lawn you couldn't get the weather better for that repairing lawns feeding lawns you know I would be doing all of that at the moment wildflowers if you want a wildflower meadow again this time of year in July particularly with the moisture sow the seed now some will flower this year but more importantly next year it'll be an absolute love picture. what they've done outside Bell I've seen it oh, it's gorgeous oh, isn't it gorgeous. and so many people have, have, have said that to oh. me the oxide daisies the yeah, poppies the cornflowers and you know it's grown, grown in a bank and yeah, a slope yeah, yeah. gravity soil like natural amphitheater different layers of growth there. and if you plant that area if they plant that area for say in the autumn with some spring flowering bulbs like bluebells or winter aconite daffodils you know you'd have the colour in the spring and you'd have what you see today flowering so great time of year for planting wildflowers and great conditions in particular for planting wildflowers remember it's not too late to plant vegetables so if you haven't put your strawberries in or you haven't put your veg in it's not too late you can still plant at this time of year both from plants and from seed Regular deadheading is, is, you know, that's kind of just the maintenance and regular feeding of plants is really what I would yeah. be doing. And look at it, enjoy your garden. Sit back and enjoy it. And smell the roses. Smell, smell the, the roses, smell the coffee, exactly. Smell the ro- What's the name of this rose again? That, that one's one, one called Graham Thomas. Am I holding on to this? You can hold oh, on to that if you want. You it's absolutely... I appreciate it. It's that. a great air freshener for the garden. You know what you have to do now? you got to scoot. i got to scoot. time is up. Oh, I'll be Pleasure. back in September. You will be back in September with the God's help. You'll be here for September. Parik, thank you very much for all the questions that you answer and everything that you do. It's greatly appreciated.